Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is ready for baby number two or not. Of course you're ready, no matter what. Love comes and we all make room. I know that preparing your heart is the biggest adjustment. How will you love anyone as much as you love your first child? How will you juggle a new personality and return to all those baby needs in a house busy with a toddler or an older child? What do you need to know, to prepare, to anticipate, and what can't you know in advance at all? I'm really happy to have this conversation with these particular moms at the square table today because I feel so lucky to have watched their first babies grow into amazing children and to see them become the moms they are. I'm here today with Stephanie Hochberger, Olivia Nachmani, and Alexis Geller. I think Stephanie's second baby is due first, so I'll ask her to get us started with what's on her mind and what she's already done to prepare and what feels uncertain or undone. Welcome. Hi, Karen. I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) I've got this. That's what you would tell me, right? You're ready and you've got this. Um, How much more time till baby arrives? uh, That's a good question. I'm 22 weeks on Monday. So I'm I'm halfway there. Obviously, I'm feeling a little bit bigger than I was 22 weeks last time around, and I'm a terrible, miserable pregnant person. <laughs> but with that being said, well, because I, it's not like your first pregnancy, and you've it's had t- it's pain. totally different. I was very sick in the beginning, um, and now I'm dealing with you know the the fun nerve sciatic issues that are cropping up. But that aside, I know what the end result is going to be. Um, I think maybe part of the reason I'm not nervous is because I'm having another girl. So I feel like I have everything I need. I literally don't have to buy anything but a new pack of diapers. Um, and it's so cheesy to say, but like my systems are in place. I've, I've, I've got the support system. I've got, you know, I know what type of father my husband is. I know, um, what type of grandparents my parents and my in-laws are. And I have, you know, good friends and, a, and an excellent nanny who we, we give a lot of credit to. So I'm, I'm ready. Okay, so what we understand with first pregnancies is it's this image-making stage of what kind of parents will we be, what will, how will the baby change our lives, and you guys now cannot imagine not right. being parents. Right. I mean, you've done this for just a year, yeah. but 
But it does, I mean, your life is permanently changed by that. And that you're having another girl makes so much sense that, like, I know how to be a girl mom. Mom, Exactly. Um, But the big question, so you're ready. Yes. Do you feel like Hayden's ready? That's an interesting question because Hayden is, she's pretty clever. She's pretty with the program. So she will point to my tummy, say baby. She puts her baby dolls in her stomach. She's very maternal. Under her clothes. Under her clothes, yes. <laughs> she's very um, maternal and loves to play baby. But with that being said, when I hold Olivia's son, Ethan, it's like, wait a second. That's my mom. She's mine. Don't you know? Don't hold him. Yeah. And the same even when I'm holding the dog. So I anticipate some jealousy issues. I think it's going to be you know normal. But at the end of the day, I'm giving her what I think is probably one of the best gifts I can give her. Without and a so doubt. I'm trying to keep that in mind that I know I'm going to have some struggles in the beginning. Um, and we're also going to be moving right around the same time. So lots Perfect. of changes Perfect. for Hayden all at once that I have to figure out for what's best for her, but um, I, I am feeling like there's going to be some jealousy, and we're going to work through it, and it's going to be okay. Okay, and I'm going to come back to all of those because um, the moving or any life circumstances right. that put more uncertainty into the equation throws people off. Exactly. Um, I realize the Hochberger is only like to move during crazy super times, inconvenient yeah. times yeah. in our life. Yes. The first was newly pregnant. Your second was... Eight Almost months pregnant, pregnant. Yep. and now it's going to be for a second baby. Yeah. yeah. So there's like do all the crazy during yeah. disequilibrium yeah. times. Yes, always. Um, but I have one more thing to say, and then I want to find out where Olivia is on this. Um, and the other thing to say is, I hear you. I'm proud of you, and I don't believe you. <laughs> so, um, so I'm going to come back. I'll give you time to think about, you know, what 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 you think about in the middle of the night. What what are the things that really feel? Um, yes, because you're an organized person. You're a you're you've got, you're a left brain person. You've got all that really great stuff, but um, but. I, I can't. I can't let you um, be, get away that easy. I can't let you off that <laughs> okay, hook that fair. Way. Okay, <laughs> Olivia. So, the, so my son turned one yesterday. I so know, I love that. <laughs> me too. It's bittersweet though. It was yes. a little sad yesterday. Yes. Um, so Stephanie's age difference will be twenty-four months exactly, June to June. I'll be seventeen months. I kept saying eighteen months, but it turns out someone told me it's seventeen months, and I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> that changes everything. It does. <laughs> and there was a mom in um, one of the classes I took with you, Daniela, who was on her third baby, Oliver's, and she. I remember her saying, "All of us first-time moms were saying, how did you? What do you mean you have three? And she said, "Your second and third, and any subsequent pregnancy." You don't even think about it. You just have the baby. You do your pregnancy, and then you have the baby. And I said, there's no way. I was so crazy during my first pregnancy. Every step I took, I looked. And Stephanie's father-in-law is an OB, and I would make her ask him, like, can I eat this? Can I eat that? And this time around, I'll go hours for getting I'm pregnant. And I will maybe eat something I shouldn't. And it just kind of shows me that... um, I I'm prepared. I, I feel more prepared the first time because I'm not as uptight. I guess well, you the know word. the arrival of a baby right. is something you've already gone through, yeah. and your body, I believe, is going. You know, the the non-expert opinion. Yeah. Your body is going to be like, I've done this before. Like uh, yeah. you may have pains, you may have different kinds of pregnancies, but your body still it's still familiar territory yes. in some ways. It is um, familiar. I've been sicker this time, like mm-hmm. Steph was, which. Um, 
was a little stinky, but I am also having a girl as to where my first is a boy. So I am a little less prepared just by happenstance because I have to um, buy a few more things. Buy, I think the girl's going to be wearing a lot of boy pajamas at home. (laughs) And boy clothes out is fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I am definitely not fully prepared. I would say I'm like 40% more 60% 60% more prepared than I was the first time. I like to quantify things. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, you are a very good quantifier. <laughs> yeah. um, so in the equation of the s- preparing the stuff, the the buying the the girl stuff, the making sure you have all the equipment, the the we'll get to the hospital plan mm-hmm. and because that that first couple weeks I think is deserves its own conversation. Um, is it, do you feel like the preparing, getting ready for baby number two is more physical preparations or is it the emotional preparations? I haven't, um, physically prepared for anything. I'm going to be using, um, so a lot of the first time around was research, right? Like so many, what's the best bottles and the best car seats and that, just knowing that as part of that 60% more prepared. Um, so I don't think I physically prepared. We have the empty, we just moved. So we have the empty room like ready for her, but I haven't, um, I haven't done anything. Every once in a while, we ask Ethan if he's ready for a baby sister, and he just looks at me and keeps playing. So right, right. That's it. Well, there's a big difference. It's it's shocking the difference in age, um, between for, for this next six months, yeah. the the twelve to eighteen months versus the eighteen months right. to two. Yeah. Um, because. Hayden's going to have lots of opinions about right. a baby. Right. Um, my pre- prediction is I love that people are having babies at that 18 months mark, 17 months or 18 months. But I also, because I think it's wonderful for your children. I think that for your children, they feel like, ah, haven't been on this planet so long without a sibling. They, they, they don't have a lot of time to decide this whole house is mine this all these toys are mine but um but they hit that no and mind stage which you've already seen glimpses of with Hayden and so you're it gets so much harder for you and so much more complicated you're going to be tired because you're going to have this busy toddler and this new emotional stage that you've never seen before um which is which is what I love but right, it, it yeah, is it's Miss Karen's favorite stage. But I think also when Olivia, and please, I hope it's okay saying that her second was a surprise. She wasn't anticipating that to happen. Nice whereas, <laughs> whereas mine was okay. Let's try, and it just I got lucky, and it happened to happen right away, which the first time didn't. So, you know, it was this oh cool moment, and I think you know. Saying that, okay, I think you're ready, even though you can never be totally ready, versus having a nine-month-old at home and seeing a positive pregnancy test, the emotions have to be different. I mean, there's no way for them not to be. Well, and for the world out there, as you're living those life experiences, in my opinion, there's no way you can choose because you don't know how long everything's going to take. There's just no knowing. Even if our world and our science makes you think, oh, I can plan my my birth orders and I can plan everything about this, there's only so much control. When she called to tell me she was pregnant, I remember hanging up and saying, oh, I'm so happy for her. I'm so glad that's not (laughs) right now. And two weeks later, three weeks later, I took a positive pregnancy test. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We knew it because she wanted apple juice, yeah. and we were like, Olivia, 
That's my natural pregnancy test. I don't drink juice, and I want apple juice. So. Have you have you worked past all of that? Glad it's not me. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. If she's gonna listen to this in the future, yes. Yeah. Mommy's excited. <laughs> we'll come back. Okay, Alexis. What do, what don't they know? <laughs> and what was your experience? You have two daughters. So. And welcome. Thank you. Um, I can't speak. Fully on whether or not it's better to have kids closer or not. Um, it all depends on the child. That's all I'm going to say. Like, Adam and I were having this conversation last night. Like, I was, I was sitting there. I was like, well, what can I say that's, like, insightful or something? And he said, he was like, it really depends on the child. Like, Sophia, Olivia's older sister, is a very strong-willed child. Very strong-willed. I would have had children nine months apart if I could have, knowing mm-hmm. how she is now. She was always a difficult child, but, like, had amazing In the tears. best way. In, In the, the best, best way. way. Very independent. She's extremely independent. Like, she'll be running around with a chef's knife going, let me cut the apple. <laughs> um, the other thing is, Sophia was not very verbal at two. So she was very physically... Ahead and not very language-wise ahead. So we were working on that. We also, um, she also had a great twos. Like, we didn't have the terrible twos. We have the terrible threes. I would like my child to move out until she's five. <laughs> on most days. And, and it's a classic statement yeah. of mine. If you miss the terrible twos, I threes will be brutal. You telling me that, and it, I am living it, and it is not fun. And the thing is, my child's also not the average size child. She's 45 pounds, and I think it was 43 inches. She's like the average size of a five-year-old. Yeah, I've so got the same problem, so I can... Putting yeah. her with her, I'm like, oh my God, don't push her off the toy. You're going to go flying right. across the room. Right. And we have all tile. Um, the other thing is... I <laughs> Olivia is charming the table right now. Yeah. The but, other, but the, the baby there, there is that sense of, oh, right. <laughs> baby Olivia. <laughs> it is confusing, isn't it? There is this sense where you cannot predict the developmental stages your children will be going through. Because right. how wonderful if she would have gotten all that out of the way and you plan to have your baby after that was done. But their emotions, and then there is this sense of, the older child's emotions when your baby becomes nine months, ten months, a year. Yeah. In, the, um, in the beginning, we didn't have it was there was no jealousy. There literally the day that Olivia was born was the day that Sophia decided that she wanted to talk. Like she always she always had communication. Like she was great at nonverbal and she had words. It was just like all of a sudden she was saying like full blown sentences, paragraphs almost. Like, the di- like mark it down to, like, the, the hour that Olivia was born. And we think that's awesome. Um, so describe their relationship from when you brought Olivia home to Sophia and then when, and then to now. Oh, they, they are each other's world. Each other's world. Like, my mother-in-law will say, oh, she gets so excited seeing you. I'm like, no, wait until Sophia walks into the room because it's like the freaking sun is beaming. Um, they, they live for each other. So it goes to Stephanie's point that you brought, you gave Sophia the most magnificent gift possible. Oh yeah. Like I would, they live for each other. Like, and there are days that 
I don't think I could have made it through the day if I didn't have Sophia. Right. Like, I went to Ikea with them both, and it was, like, piling up the stroller, and I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to get to the front? I'm like, Sophia, <laughs> can you push the stroller? And I'm pushing the cart. <laughs> like, where when you only have one, you don't think, or you, yeah. like... You, I don't know. Like, thank okay, and there's a tip in there. And the tip in there is regardless of the age of your, whether Ethan is a year and a half, Hayden is two, or Sophia is older, they need to be your helpers. Right. They need to be responsible. Yeah. And what I know about any of the oppositional independent stages emotionally that toddlers and preschoolers go through is if you give them more responsibility, they own appropriate power in a beautiful way. So part of your mission is to give them jobs, give them responsibility, let them be. And and here's my tip number whatever. Don't say big brother, big sister, big boy, big girl. I, I that's just mean? when you say, Ethan, you're a big helper. Well, big helper might be fine because it's the helping that's big. Right. But when you say big boy, you set them up. It's like asking them to a yes or no question when they when you don't want them to answer no. You are setting them up for defiance. What do you mean I'm big? Watch me be a baby. Watch me make the choice you don't want me to make. Be and and I know it happens with potty training because what happens is you you're it's not a it's not usually a, a conversation of generosity where you're saying, I love how big you're being. It's more manipulative and the kids sense that emotional manipulation that says, Come on, I need you to step up and be a responsible if you if you come at responsibility with manipulation or an agenda of your own, they have something to rebel against. That's so interesting because right now Hayden is going through her mommy, daddy, baby phase. Everything is categorized, right? So we'll be at Whole Foods and she'll see a daddy with a child and she'll go, dad, dad. I have to say, sorry, she's just telling you that you are a dad, not that you're her her dad, right? It's (laughs) sort of confusing. But we have like little rubber duckies in the bathtub and I brought in a fourth rubber ducky, like big sister. Because... It's not going to be mommy, daddy, baby. It's going to be mommy, daddy, and and two babies, yes. one of whom is older than the other. Okay. But um, I and guess... that's working? Um, no. Oh, okay. No, it's okay. not working. Because <laughs> I said, if it's working, don't change it. Principle number two, yes. whatever works, just it, let it, it be until it stops not working, working, and then just let it be still, on your radar. you know, baby, but... And I don't... Right, then you, you can just She do can it. understand yet that, you know, where she... Fits in. And you're just counting and describing. Yes. And so that yes. makes it a different agenda, which is fine. Okay. But so go that's ahead. Not keep the, same the four. As... Keep the four. Um, and I had a little girl in separation last semester who, when she was going through the transition struggle, she would be like, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. And then I'd say, I know your mommy's coming back. And she'd be like, Mommy, Daddy, Brother, Mommy, Daddy, Brother. Right. And I was like, that's right. 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 You have four people in your family. Right. And that was enormously comforting to her. Like, we would actually point at my fingers and count her right. family members. Right. And again, you have a child who who does have a logical, mathematical way mm-hmm. of categorizing, sorting, and ordering the world so by giving her you are taking a developmental skill and using it for emotional comfort and calm brilliant keep you know and let her let her see her family go from three to four right let her say mommy daddy hayden mommy daddy hayden and baby yeah yeah and but i would even name the duck hayden rather than name it big sister okay um maybe you know olivia was baby olivia for a very long time i mean she's we still call her baby olivia it's very bad but like when she was first born like anything that we would we didn't say her name to sophia because we weren't sure that we wanted to go with olivia until like we were having the baby um so 
when she was born, we said baby Olivia. Um, okay, so you've had no sibling issues emerge over the last... I mean, you always have, but, like, Sophia decided when I was six months pregnant that she wanted to be potty trained. She told me. I was like, no, I'm not ready. Like, I don't want to be in public bathrooms at six months pregnant, like, <laughs> kneeling down in front of the toilet. Right, like, right. does not sound like a great time to me. <laughs> no. I was like, stay in diapers. And she was like, I'm done. And then we went away to... Disney for a week, and I spent many hours in those bathrooms, and I was like, okay, so I guess we're doing this. Perfect. Um, Perfect. So that was a major fear. I was like, oh my goodness, she's going to regress in potty training, because I have, um, I've been a preschool teacher for 10 years, so in my head, I'm like, oh gosh, so we're going to regress in potty training, or we're going to regress in this, but she took away her pacifier, right, but like, she had hand, foot, and mouth, so we took the pacifier away. So I was like, oh goody, so now we're going to have to go back to a pacifier, so none so, of your fears materialized? I think I talked it out with her for so much that by the time Olivia came, it wasn't even an issue. Like, we would go to the OB appointments. Sophia Sophia would come with me everywhere. Like, she's still, I mean, attached to my hip. Um, she, so they would give us, like, those goodie bags that you would get when you first go to the OB, whatever. And I would take out the pacifier and immediately go, is this yours? She would go, no, it's for the baby. I'm like, exactly, it's for mommy's baby. So then we would bring it home and I would put it inside her room. Now, when you talk about planning-wise, her room, Olivia's room, wasn't set up until, like, I was 32 weeks pregnant and I was ripping up the floors because I decided we needed new floors inside the room. Um Kind of that chaos theory again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but we, like, made Sophia a part of that. She helped us lay the floors inside the room. My husband and I did it. We laid the floors. And um, she would sit there with the boards and help me hammer them in. And, like, we just made her a part of building this whole room for her sister. Okay. So, And how did you, and then I'm going to ask both of you, how you um, communicated to Sophia that the baby was coming? What did she understand? What did she connect to? I don't think anything. I, do, I really don't. I don't think anything. How old was she? Two and a half when the baby was. Two arrived. and a half. I don't think it really, really set in. I don't think it set into place for any of us that we were having a baby. Like, okay. Um, I'll never forget the first day. I mean, I had I was fresh out of my C-section by like two hours. And my husband had brought up, Adam had brought up uh, Sophia to meet Olivia and he would, we had a wagon inside the room, so Sophia had, like, a safe space inside the, ho- inside the hospital room. Like, she had an area where it was her toys, her That's familiar things, where if she needed to escape, she could. And um, our wagon happens to have a canopy, and it has drop-down sides, so if she needed to take a nap, like, she, it could be blacked out and everything. And she was in that space, so it was her area. And I remember he had placed her in there, and she was watching, like, Daniel Tiger or something. And Olivia was sleeping next to me in the bassinet. And I just remember sitting there, and he was like, okay, so I'm going to go down to the cafeteria to get Sophia lunch. And I was like, okay, cool. So he was, like, halfway down the hallway, and I'm like, oh, my God. I have nobody in this room. Like, (laughs) and I'm alone with two children, and I'm bound to a bed, and I can't lift my head because I'm throwing up. Like... (laughs) And so I don't think it's said in for anybody that we had another child. So luckily she 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 stepped up. <laughs> like the whole entire time I'm like, Sophia, please don't get out. Sophia, just please just stay where you are. And luckily she did. And like right. luckily Olivia didn't start crying. So there will be minor miracles. Okay, so you have the youngest. You've told Ethan that a baby's coming. He doesn't know what what how does he respond when he sees babies? 
Um, he, so they're just starting, I think, I mean, you would know parallel play, they say, goes on for longer than one, but not for him. I mean, he's, maybe because he's been in these classes, he... That, all um, that research got blown out of the water yeah. when kids were in groups at a very young age. We, our neighbor that is in our, literally, we have a share a backyard, um, she has a one-year-old too, and they've been playing together for a while, and they definitely recognize each other, um, and... He definitely recognizes other babies. He recognizes dogs. He recognizes living things, mm-hmm. people. He's a very social, um, and he wants to say hi to everybody and everything. So he's very he's a very happy disposition. He's generally very easy, um, but I'm fully aware that month to month, the child's entire disposition can change. So if he could just are you talking about the baby in your tummy? No, okay. he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Um, he won't even use a sippy cup. So I don't really think that he's gonna <laughs> really. I uh, get that. I tell him sometimes. Sometimes it just pops into my head. Like I said, sometimes I just forget I'm pregnant. And I'll remember, be like, oh, Ethan, like, do you want a baby sister? And he just doesn't really. We were playing at the at Steph's house the other day, and I tried to give him a baby. And he didn't play with it any different than he would play with a toy, because mm-hmm. I don't think he realized that this was an um, imitation of a um, right. life He's form. not in pretend play. <laughs> right. 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 He's right. a Lego. That's going down. Right. Right. <laughs> Right. And and so what I believe about Ethan's age and this sort of pre-verbal, pre-imaginative, pre I mean he's not thinking concepts, you know, that he's not generalizing his family to other families, which you've already described Hayden can do. Like I have a daddy, other people have daddies. There are these relationships out there in the world that replicate my family. I mean, she's in such deep thinking already. It's 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 night and day. I mean, so just six months, and you've got children yeah. that are having very different experiences. What I do believe about Ethan or preverbal, nonverbal children who are even older is they're reading the emotions in their world. And so when somebody says to me, but does he understand what it means? Well, nobody, no child really understands. There's a other, other in this very literal sense, a baby under your shirt that's going to pop out and start crying one day. Yeah. Um, he's, he doesn't understand the process. He doesn't understand that whole picture. But he will know. When you re- when you start internalizing the change that's happening in your body and your life, that oh something emotionally is shifting, and this is a concept I cannot tell you. I mean, I'm actually like thinking like, how do I talk about this more, communicate this more? I know from brain research that right brains read right brains. I know it's true for stroke victims. I know it's true for Alzheimer's. I know it's true for children. But I'm still putting the pieces of that puzzle together. But what I can tell you is children who do not logically, rationally, or in, a, in any of those other adult kind of ways will know that something is changing drastically in their life. Um, and I think they know that when you're stressed. They know that when you're sick. They know that in, in, a, month, in, in a zillion other contexts as well. So there is a sense that I think it matters to still talk about, we're having a baby. This is going to be a baby room. What? But then for Ethan, you're going to have to say, what is a baby? And so it means pointing to all those babies. And then to the very basic things, what do babies do? That's my number one question of asking two-year-olds when they have children in the when they when they come back to school with the baby. What's your baby do? Cries, eats, sleeps. If they understand those three things, that there's going to be this other 
living being in your house that has needs that are very basic, um, then I think you're doing a lot of emotional preparation and just this very ex- this very implicit um, expression of something is changing in our family and I've got this. Something is changing and you will be safe and have a special space in this through that change, whatever that change may be. In the sense, we know what the change will be, but they cannot know. So that's what I believe for the Ethan part of you. Now, what about Hayden? Um, Because you've got a deep thinker, a deep processor, and a very complex little girl. Yeah, yeah. She, I I have pictures of her. I was looking back in my phone, um, maybe 13 months old. We were in a hotel room. She had one baby doll at the time, and she's kissing its little head, right? And so I don't know if it's copying what she saw me doing to her or, or you know, wh- wherever they pick these things up, right? Yeah. But she really loves her babies. I mean, we took and her she to she started carrying babies right away? Really, right at a away. young age. We went to the American Girl store, and she was, like, screaming babies, like, so happy, but in her mind, a baby is this quiet little toy right. that she can Number carry one thing, around. Babies are going to eat, sleep, yep. and poop yep. and cry. Yeah. So, you know, to me, she's got. She's going to have a learning curve. Exactly. She's going to have a learning curve. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. So, going off of that, in the first few weeks, my husband was home the first week, and then after that, it was just me and the two girls. Like, Sophia came to school Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and that was it. I don't have my mother close by, and my mother-in-law works full time. So it was literally just, it was like I hit the ground running. Like, I just had a baby, and I was like, okay, well, like, today's Monday. Like, just like it was Monday before I had the baby. (laughs) Like, um, so we, as crazy as this might sound, you're going to be so, so tired, and, um... I was breastfeeding. I, I, I am breastfeeding. And I just remember trying to figure out how to coordinate nursing all the time, having Sophia, who is like, well, you know, I'm not used to you being bound to a couch, basically, with this baby. So I started making um, centers in my house. And I would have, like, play areas, and I would literally sit near her with these centers, and I would nurse Olivia. And then there was one day where I was like, why is Sophia acting up? And I realized I was being very short with her. Like, I, I was overtired. Like, I, would, I maybe had two hours of sleep. I was still sore. And I was just so just bringing aggression out on her that I didn't mean to. Like, it's as if you're being short with your husband because you're tired. Um, Sophia just had the, you know, the, the bad end of that. So there was one day that Olivia was crying and she was a very, very easy baby in the beginning. And I just remember I yelled out in the direction of Olivia. It wasn't at her. It wasn't in front of the bassinet, like screaming in her face, but I was just like, Olivia, I hear you. And I think it clicked in Sophia's head. She was like, oh, She's mad at her, too. Like, it's not just me. It's her. So, like, every once in a while, I would show some act of aggression so it was equal 
emotions towards both girls. And it wasn't... It's a fabulous point. I don't know if I want you to show aggression. No, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, frustration. Not like, so frustration. Frustration. But, it's all, but you can, and you can do that calmly, and you can do that deliberately. Where, where when the baby's crying, to be able to verbalize and say, oh, I want to help you, but I have to help Ethan first. I'm calming, but right now I have to give Hayden a big kiss on her kepi. And that was a lot of my first There's so much that, that says, because yeah. in one of those handouts that we were sharing on Facebook yesterday, it said, teach your child to wait. And I'm laughing when I'm reading that. I'm thinking, okay, like, of course, waiting, executive function, delayed gratification, all of that's an essential skill. And even more pressing when you have a new baby in the house. My, my opinion is that children learn all those beautiful social emotional skills because you've brought a new baby in the house and you can't really teach it artificially before that necessity arrives to teach it. Right. So take the deep breath. You don't have to teach them to wait before. There will be so many opportunities to teach them to wait when the baby arrives. But to be able to say, um, oh, you know what, I'm going to put you first because they just... And this is my biggest tip. It's also my tip when I say, make Hayden time or Ethan time part of your daily routine. What I know about early childhood is kids need concrete, tangible expressions of ideas, thoughts, and concepts. And so what that means is when you're saying out loud to the baby, I'm coming, but I have to help your brother or sister. You've now set it out there, and they can think about those relationships in a completely different way. Because the number one thing I hear parents say when they have a second baby is, I'm doing everything. I, I am practically ignoring the baby. I'm schlepping the baby to the school, to here, to there. The baby is not the way I've raised my first child at all, and it's not enough for my toddler, for my preschooler, because your preschooler is just like, I'm used to being number one. And it's not that you, you could give your older one 20 hours a day and it won't be enough. My opinion is if you say, here is your 15 minutes of Hayden time, guaranteed every day, and and I'm gonna be able to point to it and say, Hayden time is coming. I wanna play with you, I miss you so much. I need Hayden time. It's that, it's that, Making it visible. You are making thoughts and ideas visible and tangible for toddlers and preschoolers. And that and so that to me is the magic fairy dust that you're sprinkling on. Um, do I 15 minutes of, of labeled time or one verbal comment, I hear you, I'm coming, changes. 20 hours of, of actions because your children can't can't read, interpret, and filter what you want them to see without you explaining it. Or my brother and I are 18 months apart, and my mom used to put the shades down and turn the clocks back, and uh, turn the clocks forward, back, whatever, and tell him that it was bedtime. Genius. <laughs> so genius. There's, so there's, you know... There's <laughs> make it concrete, make yeah. it tangible. You can manipulate. There's the there's the reality. Right. You can right. manipulate their reality yeah. completely. I was gonna say you could say 15 minutes. She doesn't know if it's fine. But it's reality. And, and, but that's common statement is two minutes. That's a right, right. that's a gem of parenting. You absolutely control how you define, describe, and create their realities. And that is your fairy dust. Okay, now, I, I, it's so important, I think, that we, I think we've barely covered the how do you prepare them, but how are you going to manage going to the hospital? What's your plan? And, and how are you anticipating your children's needs for that day, week, 
period of time. Um, so it's actually, I think it sounds like all three of us are C-sections, were C-sections. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, the difference is that we have a longer recovery time, right? So you're, you can't really drive and, and you're bedridden for longer than a natural natural birth. And um, Which you both had C-sections the mm-hmm. first time. This time yeah. you'll bounce back, no problem. You Hopefully. Know I'll knock on wood for you, but I will tell you I was not, like I was expecting not being able to go upstairs because I have stairs in my house. And within like the first two days I was sore, but not nearly as bad as the yeah. first time. Yeah. It's so funny because I'll tell you, oh, my first C-section wasn't that big of a deal. And then my husband's like... Do you just black out these memories? <laughs> because I I totally was like, oh yeah, I was fine, and and Eric's like, no, you were not fine. You were you were, you resting, were, yeah. you were not you your best self. <laughs> you were not your best self. <laughs> and so I'm nervous for that element because you know Hayden at two still wants to be picked up. Yeah. It's good. That's going to be hard. But even now we do, you know, cuddle time in the morning where she brings her babies and her minis and her mickeys and we're all in bed together. So that's not going to change. Um, she can't climb Just watch out for little feet. I right. I think about that. Yes. Oh, well, I'm afraid that this baby's going to come out like missing an arm because Hayden's accidentally severed it from like <laughs> yeah. in my stomach so many times. But, um, you know, I'm nervous about those logistics, but I just sit there and I say, I'm very lucky. I have a very large support system, and I'm not the first person who's gone through this. So that's sort of how I just... And and, and what I love about that is, it, and I think that that's... I don't think there's anything an 18-month-old and a, tw- and a two-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old can't figure out right. with the right age-appropriate expl- right. explanations. And so to be able to say... Mom, look what happened to mommy's tummy. You know, look at this. Go for it. I'm going to go just off of that. Don't let them think that it was because of the baby. Because then the baby hurt mommy. Yes. I, that, it didn't click The doctor head. did it. The doctor, like you, you say, this That's was... That's daddy, <laughs> daddy did it. But it, that wasn't one of the handouts we posted on Facebook oh. yesterday. It was like, be careful of your words. Yeah. And you're yeah. so right. Be careful of I your words. I just had to say, mommy had a boo-boo. And that was it. Like, yeah. I didn't say, you know, that's where the baby came from or anything like that. It was just, that's mommy's smart. a little sore. I have a boo-boo. And she didn't ask exactly where. And, I, and there was one time because I, she had to come to my post-op appointment with me. And I had said, you know, oh, the doctor's going to check it. The doctor is the one that, you know, gave me the boo-boo. And she was like, okay, we go to the doctor to get better. And I said, exactly, we're going to the doctor to get better. And again, for so me, for, you know, my opinion of talking to any, anything about difficult subjects, you know, they cut, you know, whatever thing. If they hear somebody else saying that might freak them out, you can answer every question that comes up. Um, you can, but, but that idea of already having a ritual, a routine, and a habit that will say maybe mommy's not, maybe mommy's going to need some time when the baby comes home, and we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to be at home more. We're going to have help. Um, I'll find a different way to hold you. You know, you're just, you're going to, you're going to feel fearless and guiltless about the changes that you are asking of your older children. Mm-hmm. And to be able to say, she loves me to hold her, you're going to feel like, but I want to hold her and she needs me more than she's ever needed me before because I just messed up her whole life by bringing in this interruption. The reality is, fo- keep focusing on the gift and know that it's it's going to be okay. Right. So, yeah. does she go to the hospital with you? Will she? Will she... Um, I hope not. I mean, sh- I think 
with Hayden, my, my water broke early and it like I delivered in the middle of the night on a Saturday with like a ghost staff at the hospital. And so um, in my head, that's how it's going to happen the next time. <laughs> but I'm hoping, you know, maybe I'll actually make it to my plan C-section and, and I'm going to have some organization. But, um, you know, I have a nanny who will still show up those days and I have my dad and I have my in-laws and my mom and my stepdad will be down. So um, they're all active participants in Hayden's life. She's happy to be at grandma and grandpa's house. She's happy when my dad comes to babysit. So I'm hoping that she's just going to have a lot of grandparents around her and she's going to feel like, wow, look at all this attention I'm getting because she's going to have so many people in her house and she sort of thrives off the chaos. I love it. I hope it goes that way for you. Um, And again, I don't want to be like the bearer of, oh no, something else to worry about. But what I want to say is no matter what happens, however this unfolds, she might not just be like, oh, life is normal and mom's at the hospital having a baby. I think she's too smart for that. I think she's she's going to sense, feel, be enormously curious. And so... Um, if you ha- I know, because you guys are smart. <laughs> so I would just have everybody ready and aware, just in case there right. needs to be emotional or right. cognitive pieces of a puzzle to fill in. And, and I wouldn't, you know, if there is a book about mommy going to a hospital to right. have a baby, right. we I would make it. sure that's yeah. around. Yeah. Um, because if they're not coming to the hospital, if well, they're she'll not after. for the pickup, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's... They, they might wonder where you've gone and why there's this party happening at the house. Right. So That's true, too. That's just, true too. I, I, you know, I just want you to just keep enough space open around the experience that you right. can be there. Flexible. Instead yeah. of saying, this is what you'll need and we've anticipated every need, we are so ready for this that we can catch her needs wherever they fall. Right. What's your plan? <laughs> Um, all I know now is that my parents <clears throat> will come down. I guess one of the, in my opinion, only benefits of a C-section is the planned, um, the, the calendar yeah. um, part of it. So my parents will come down, and I know that he'll come. I think about the moment, <clears throat> excuse me, I think about a lot the moment that he comes to meet his sister. So I think in thinking about the hospital few days, I've really only thought about him. You know, the first time around, you think about what it's going to be like with your baby. Yeah. And I think I know what it's going to be like with my baby, I hope. So I think about, am I going to get, what present are we going to buy for Ethan from the baby? Right. And is he going to jump on the bed and kick me in my C-section <laughs> scar? And um, so I guess I should start thinking about the baby. But really, I'm just thinking about how is Ethan going to take I, it? I think that is the difference between first pregnancy, second and pregnancy. When I, this I'm, is about preparing your older children for this magnificent addition right, to your family. Right. No, I think it, I think that's the right way and the normal way. When I think about all the other times I've seen friends, the movies, whatever, people having second babies, part of me always thought like, okay, you're two-year-old or you're three-year-old. They're probably in a little bit of a defiant, annoying. Before you were a mom, you call it annoying, but like now I know it's not. But you probably think like, oh, God, just a few days away from my defiant toddler, I get to cuddle with this cute baby. And then you become a mom, and it's like, no, this, I don't want a minute away yeah. from this no, baby. No, embrace like, the first aspect. <laughs> right? Yeah, when, when the baby comes, it's like, I don't know, something, like I said, we weren't, like, they placed her on me, and I was like, okay, so now we have a baby. Like, 
I have a child. And the whole entire time in my recovery room, I was like, where's Sophia? What's Sophia doing? Because we were delayed with my C-section by, like, maybe 45 minutes. She was at school that day. Like, we we dropped her off at school and basically went to the hospital to have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, my mother-in-law picked her up. And I'm sorry. I just, like, went into what happened on the day I had a baby. Um, So... The entire time, they kept telling me that they didn't have enough rooms to put me in just yet. And I was like, but Sophia's going to need me. Like, in the entire time, I was like, Sophia's going to need me. She didn't need me. Right. Like, I think I needed her. Yeah. Like, right. I think I needed right. her more than I. she needed me because she was my mother-in-law. And the entire time, I'm like, well, where is she needs to come visit the baby. Like, there was a set plan in my head that I was like, this needs to happen. Yeah. X, Y, and Z. I was not expecting to go back to the room, and they, like, rushed me to a new room. I think it was 45 minutes after having Olivia, and they had me move from one bed to another, and because of the amount of um, anesthesia that was in me, I could not stop throwing up. And, like, I'm so not the person to throw up, and, like, I couldn't lift my head off the pillow. And I just remember going, I don't want Sophia to see me like this. Like, it's really scary to see Mommy like this, so... They waited downstairs, and at this point, like, my father-in-law had come, my sister-in-law had come, and, like, now she, I'm like, oh, my God, now she's probably paranoid. Like, where's Mommy? So when she finally came up, I think the best thing that I ever did was Olivia was inside the bassinet, and I wasn't holding her. And, like, she was on the other side of the room, and I let Sophia come in, and I was like, how was your day? How was school? How was, like, it was a normal day. And then I was like, and here's your baby sister. (laughs) And here's Olivia. I was like, somebody special wants to meet you. She's been waiting so long. I said, I'm sorry it took mommy longer. And she, like... That, and that's when we introduced her, and she was like, oh, she's so cute. Okay, I'm hungry. Right. And, and like, moves on with, like... That's awesome. And then I, she, um, my husband didn't stay with me in the hospital. He went home with her. We've been toying with, with that. She never has slept out of our house, so we... Okay. Ever. <laughs> so we didn't want to break her of that, like, routine, so right. he just took, like... They told me I needed somebody the first night, so I had a friend come stay with me. And then after that, it was it was like staying in a hotel. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Like, I had her in the bassinet, and I had, so like, funny. such quiet. And, like, I got to spend so much bonding time with Olivia Sweet. that I needed. And what I and what you know as you talk to everybody that's had children is that there's a million ways to do this, right. and there's no wrong way to do it. Um, we're not I the wish, first ones to do it. I wish I could. I wish I could hear everybody's stories, and I'm getting a little bit choked up just imagining these right. the right. your children meeting their new babies. Right. But we have to do a wrap up, and so it's always the same. How have you got this? Um, without knowing, we're just going to have to reconvene um, nine months from now and get the update. But how have you got this? I read, um, there was a book uh, during my first pregnancy. I felt like all the information out there was very uh, medical, medical, medicine, medicine. So I bought this book to kind of balance it out called Mama Natural. Um, I didn't subscribe to everything in the book because it's very, very natural. But anyways, at the end of every chapter, there's a mantra. And there was one that I kept with me, and I say it often, and it relates to almost every aspect of parenthood. You're the queen of mantras. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's that billions of women have done this before me, and billions of women will do this after me. So, I mean... And it's true. And, yeah. and that, that you are standing on the shoulders of women of all time. Yeah. 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 Not to make this super depressing, but in my law practice, I do real estate and estate planning and probate. 
And when I have clients that come in and they've just lost the second of their parents typically and they say, okay, what next? It makes a really big difference when there are a brother and a sister or two sisters or two brothers sitting around that table together as opposed to just one. And I know one family, you know, one child is beautiful, but this is what we chose for our families. And when you, Alexis, were telling your C-section story, you said it so nonchalantly like, oh, and then they put Olivia on me. But like, how cool is that? Because you got to experience it all over again. and hopefully maybe step back and appreciate it even a little bit more the second time because you're more confident about it. So that's what that's what I'm hoping for. And it's what I I can't wait to compare this moment to to what you'll look back and, and how how different yes. it'll be and how special it'll be. How have you got this? Now? Yeah. <laughs> what do you know now you didn't know then? Set your expectations lower and just live in the moment. Like I say, well, and I'm choking up over this. I said before this, I said I have 18,000 photos on my phone. And, like, that's not me not living in the moment. But, like, I forgot. Like, I forgot what the first couple of months were like. And it's like you just got to embrace it all. Like, embrace every single crying fit. Like, Sophia and I laugh sometimes. I'm like, your sister's crying again. She goes, I know, Mommy. (laughs) Enjoy it all. Thank you very much. Thank you, Karen. Wait, wait, Stephanie just asked uh, Alexis a question I need her to ask on the radio. I, I, I waited until uh, Miss Karen paused, and then, of course, I said it, but now I guess I'll open my, my mouth again and say, I just want to double-check that when Olivia came out, you you loved her instantly as much as, as Sophia, and I, I guess I just assume that that's going to be the case, but... Yes. So my mom actually brought it up to me before having, she was like, you know, the first time I was pregnant, you know, she was 18 and like had a baby and she was like, didn't know what, she didn't know what to make of life. And then seven years later I came around and she called her mom up crying, going, am I going to love her just as much as I love, you know, my older brother. And my mother's like, of course you will. And it's like you don't realize how much how much love you have. It's different. It's completely different. Like the love that you have, yeah, sure, you love your second, but then you love the bond that they have, like the two siblings have together. And then you love how much your husband loves the kids so much. And then you love how much everybody loves your kids so much that it's like... It's infinite. It's the deepest well of all. But the first is your first, you know? It's like, how do you, you can't replicate that. With your first is always. Yeah, she she still is my best friend. And there's your other mantra. Ethan will always be your first baby. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. 
Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to The Front and the Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.